Previously on TFTP. Daria is obviously a crazy ex-Lavellan, Sol Lavellan, crazy inquisitor. And I am just your typical chantry boy, Josephine Romancin Trevelyan. Bye-bye, inquisitor. No one cares about him. Like, oh, they have one arm. Like, okay, that just discredits, like, how much you can do with one arm. So much that the inquisitor has a huge part of that. To cut it off now just feels blunt, silly, and stupid. The inquisitor needs to return it. How kind of you to notice. What's going on here? Not hey guys, how are we doing? Back again with the TFTP. <laughs> We're back into tinfoiling about the future of Dungan Age once more. <laughs> Last week we were talking about the Inquisitor, where we see the Inquisitor going in the future, a bit about the Inquisition agents, but solely based on our Inquisitor, because me and Saria really want to play as our boy once more, or girl, once more, and today we are again talking about the future of Dragon Age, the direction it's going to go in, and what we can expect for Dragon Age 4 regarding its location. But before we get into that, Saria, we've got a few announcements once more, as per usual, and the first one is, yeah. we, <laughs> yeah. The first one is we got Ravens in the Rookery fan art and oh my goodness, thank you Yay. so so much to Johnny J or at Autumn or 2250. This piece is just great, grand, I love it. Thank you so, so much for working on this. It's beautiful, it's exactly what I wanted, it's exactly what we both wanted, and it's just incredible. I love it, thank you so much. It's so beautiful, it's so cute, honestly. So thank you so much for that, and of course, we'll bring that up towards the end when we delve into some questions. But again, thank you so much for this for this free fan art. Just means the world that you would support the show by just drawing this, creating this. Absolutely love it, adore it. Thank you so, so much, it's just perfect, it's great. It's beautiful. And the next announcement is again, I need to remind you all of Dragon Age 4 Day, DA 4 Day. It's happening December 4th. Mark it on your calendars because a bunch of us content creators, just people in the fandom and just the Dragon Age community are working together to pull a fun Dragon Age day like N7 day, which is obviously in November for Mass Effect. We're going to be doing a huge day on Dragon Age, uh, talking about what Dragon Age means to us, doing fan art, doing streams, all that kind of shenanigans. So be sure to, you know, if you want to join that, be sure to uh, tweet at us apropos or just get ready for that and try and support that if you want or just mark it on your calendar because it's, it's going to be a day that you're not going to want to miss it's gonna be great fun anyway saria let's get into today's tinfoil time let's go let's go let's go yeah well let's, let's, let's go let's go let's go so we got to give thanks to our lovely inquisitor either lavellan or trevelyan for politely showing us the next step in the narrative for dragon age 4 because as they clearly demonstrated by stabbing that map we're headed to the north of Vedas for the first time in a Dragon Age game. More specifically though, we are heading to the Tevinter Imperium. But what exactly is Tevinter like? Now, there's plenty of lore and history on the place. There's tons to read into. You know, we've got a few comics around there. But regarding Dragon Age 4 and its forward narrative from now and going forth, what the heck is going on with Tevinter? What's it gonna be like in the next installment? There's so much to go into, but not that much that's actually given to us as fact that we've rightly seen in a game. We've obviously heard about it in tidbits and we've seen it for a tiny amount in the comics and of course we'll be seeing it again even more so in Dragon Age Deception when that comes out in a week or so. But right now we don't actually know that much about Tevinter in terms of its locale, what it's like and just general Tevinter. 
you know? So I figured for today, we'd put our tinfoil hats on and speculate on everything to do with this bloodthirsty nation, delving into the lore, some saucy speculation, and plenty of Tavinta tinfoil. So Saria, are you ready? I'm always ready for Dragon Age. <laughs> Bomb so what exactly will Tavinta be like as a setting? Of course, Tavinta Imperium, it's a nation, it's Northern Ferelden, but what exactly will it be like as a setting? Well, every time Tavinta has been described, the Imperium is a very, very dark place. It was once the country that ruled over all of Thedas. But now they're a broken nation. They're kind of like the Roman Empire. They're always trying to reclaim mm -hmm. their lost glory. I believe that they're actually inspired by the Roman Empire by, you know, killing off historical figures, or I should say prophetic or religious figures by their dictatorship, by having slaves, all that jibber-jab. Tavinta is basically like the Roman Empire, and it's said to be a very foul place. And when we just look into the games, everything bad in Fadus is seemingly has just came from this nation. Yep. You've got the Blight, you've got the Tevinters, you've got the death of Andraste, you've got the Maker and his disdain on his people, you've got blood magic, dragon cults, etc, etc, etc. Seemingly very few good things do come from Tevinta. Of course, we do have a few good things. Dorian, not all magicians are evil. There are a few elements of Tevinta that obviously not all of it is going to be evil. But as a setting, it seems like it's going to be pretty friggin' evil. <laughs> I mean, we only hear about it. We haven't seen it directly. They've always came down to us in the games. You know, the Venatori, Corypheus, Magistus, whatever. They've always came down to us, but now we're going up to them. So seemingly, it sounds like it's pretty evil, but who knows if it actually will. But regarding as a location, it's completely different to Ferelden or Lair, the Dales. Wherever we've been before, Tevinter is completely different. The nation is absolutely huge, and it's sprawling with vast cities, small towns, plenty of hills. There's so much to go into Tevinter. It's absolutely huge. So we should have plenty to explore. And if Dragon Age 4 is to follow its open world stance, then Tevinter should be huge. It should have plenty of major places to visit, like gigantic cities such as Ventus and Menrathus. Tevinter should be huge if it's going to have an open world element. It should take like a griffin to literally ride across Tevinter. The way it's been said, how huge it is, it's the biggest nation in Fadus, I'm pretty sure. So if we're going to have a game centered oh, yeah. in Tevinter, then we should have all of these locales, these different aspects of it, the cities, the towns, the countryside, the coastal areas, the different unique aspects of Thedas that we haven't had rightly so yet. I really want a massive city to just explore in Dragon Age. We still haven't had one. Like, I really wanted Valroyo to be a huge, sprawling, massive city, and all we got was kind of a little fountain, a little marketplace, and a dock. <laughs> You Oof. know, you know, <laughs> so I'm hoping that if we're going to Tevinta, we would have Menrathis or Ventus or Solas <laughs> or just <laughs> a city that is sprawling, that is huge, that has plenty of us to go into, to do. Because you see games like The Witcher 3 and, and Assassin's Creed and how they're building on huge cities and sprawling NPCs and having these massive, just like gigantic empires. And then we had Dragon Age Inquisition, which we had Valrayo, which was supposed to be the capital of, of all. It's supposed to be the, you know, the Orlesians have the most powerful army and we have like the tiniest little town ever. So I just really want Bioware to give us a sort of huge city hub. If we're going to Devinter, if we're going to Marathis, then give us that, you know, and don't just give us, I don't want to be selfish, but don't just give us one. We have substantial reason to go to both Marathis and Ventus. So Dorian, Maeverus, all of the characters there have a centered plot around Ventus. The Cunari, Saharan, Ventus is the easiest place to be attacked by. And then Marathis is the capital. It's the 
Magisterium's location. It's, you know, so we have two significant locations that we should be going to in Dragon Age 4. It's like how we had Halam Shiral and Val Royale in Inquisition. We went to Halam Shiral mainly as obviously the Winter Palace, and then we had Val Royale as a town. We should be going to both Ventus and Munrafis, in my opinion, and I believe that these should both be gigantic cities, both completely different, obviously Ventus being a coastal docking town, and then Munrafis being this massive, sprawling, gigantic capital. So I really do hope that we get those gigantic cities. But as a setting, it's full of towns, cities, hills, country, evil, dark, magic. It's said to be just this place of lost glory. There's this feeling, this atmosphere that everyone is trying to reclaim that. This entire superficial society is just trying to... It's stagnated. It's trying to reclaim that lost glory, which obviously Ole has now taken over as the largest army, the largest empire. So Tevinter, in, in its atmosphere, in its feeling, it's lost. It's trying to... It's, it's in hindsight. It's trying to, you know, reclaim what's lost. So with that, I, I'm expecting it to be incredible, completely different from what we should expect in terms of a Dragon Age location. Completely different. Like, the complete opposite of Ferelden or Lair. Like, I'm, I'm expecting... Yeah. I don't want to be too generic, but I'm expecting kind of people in gothic clothes, dark cities, you know, alleyways, murders in the middle of the streets, blood magic, mages walking freely. Not too sure, obviously, because we don't really know, but, you know, I'm expecting it to have this very, very dark undertone. Mm -hmm. And what we've been dealing with a lot of settings in the last uh, games is mostly Southern Thetis. Yeah. And I think, you know... Everybody's like, okay, we're, we had enough of, you know, <laughs> yeah. all the south side, obviously, of Ferelden and Orle, yeah. and we really just want more of a aesthetic or an aspect of what northern Thetis is like. Yeah. I mean, it's going to have a different climate, it's going to be more <laughs> desert-like, Yeah, it's going to have a lot more... Um, Kind of when I see uh, you know like Navara and yeah. Ravain and as as well as Minrathis or Taventer and Perium, they seem more like their style is more Arabic. I get you. And or Egyptian. I get you. And that's really interesting to see. Yeah. Like. The Archon kind of looks like a pharaoh, in my opinion. It does. And so, when we think about that, I think we'll be delving more into, yes, a very dark, creepy-centered atmosphere or setting. Yeah. But in reality, it might be something kind of like we have a lot of secrets that we need to hold dear. And we have a lot of history that they held dear because yeah. they hold that to highest respect. They also hold high magic. And they hold high a lot of things that require power or knowledge. Yeah which is, you know, like the Altus are the, exactly highest, the highest in the yeah. Imperium. So what we're looking for is a lot of contrast um, exactly. compared exactly. to Completely all contrast. the other games. And I think what is closely related to it the most would probably be DA2 with Kirkwall. Definitely. And Definitely. because it used to be part of the, used to be part of the Imperium. Imperium. Yeah, exactly. Most of the free marches are anyway. But the thing is, you know, and that's, you can say that a lot of like, oh, well, you know, DAO was not really, it was really limited what we did. It was mostly just Ferelden and Denerim and stuff. And then you could also say same as DA2, but you have to also think again, like that was back, oh, that was back when like ago. open worlds were really hard to like even yeah. concept within a video game compared to like, you know, the Elder Scrolls did, you know, that was their thing. But now everybody wants to copy a lot of other games and a lot of things, which is fine yeah. because 
because then you get new people. Yeah. But yeah, I think what it should be, as there was in Inquisition, I feel like a lot of settings in Inquisition had a lot of contrast with each other. Yep. But some of it was just so vast and open. And what I'm hoping to see in, in the setting of Tevinter is a lot of little things that we can go in, yes. a lot of little things. And, and sometimes that can be overwhelming, but I think we need to have an overwhelming setting for us to really delve into to all of it. Yeah. Um, because I feel like there's a lot of gaps and stuff like that that some people seem to not be interested in a certain game. Yeah. And I think once they pack it, jam pack it with a lot of things inside the setting and a lot of little things, I think it, a lot of people are going to be like, okay, I can see why, you know, or I can understand this game yeah. a little more. So I think Tevinter is should be jam packed with a lot of should be. Um, yeah. Things in the setting because there is like a bunch of cities around. Yeah, there's Minaractus. so many cities. So um, many. But there's also, you know, it, we don't have to limit to Tevinter. We can also, exactly. you know, go over to the Enderfells and stuff like that. But then again, we are co continuing with Tevinter. So as a setting, it's going to be darker. It's going to seem a little more on the end of like Egyptian. I like that. Yeah. Roman, kind of very. Um, Mediterranean, Arabic. Should I say Mediterranean? Yeah. There's there's a lot of like things that correlated to it in reality to is its own little thing and I'm, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen but yes i think it's definitely going to be darker and definitely going to have more of a completely different completely vibe different as vibe. to because i mean let's be honest when we did deal with a couple of Tevinter people it was weird like they had it was it looked like they were just dealt with a different culture yeah. which is true because they are in a different culture yeah. they lived yeah. and breathed through it and they grew up in it so i would like to see how they do it and i'd like to actually maybe have a character that was more delved into that as well if they're going to do that then again the setting yeah it's going to be very different from what we've been dealing with orlean for exactly yeah i like how you talked about egyptians and arabic and, and having an arabic setting because navara what are they known for they're known for the mortality and what do they do they sarcophagize is that a word they mummify their corpses you know, they mummify people. So again, it follows yeah. that Egyptian feel of Navarra's like Egypt and this Arabic kind of Greece or whatever, because obviously Tevinter's like Rome. So it's kind of this Middle Eastern kind of vibe going partially, partially. Very, you know, like 10th century, you know, Middle Eastern Egyptian or uh, Rome or something like that. Like what you'd expect in like Assassin's Creed, you know. Yeah. So I like that it's, you oh, know, yeah. where you've got Ferelden, you've got this kind of this traditional British nation that's got very patriotic and you've got French this Orlesian French kind of vibe Devint is not going to be like that you know it's going to be completely different from that you know the Orlesians calling the Ferelden's dogs and then the Ferelden's calling the Orlesians frilly cakes or whatever like that it's going to be completely different <laughs> from that because it's Tevinter. it's they don't they don't mess around you know they don't call each other names they they are they go for the throat you know they they're in con constant conflict with everyone so you know we, we've had that banter with Orle and Ferelden Tevinter is going to be completely different and I'm super excited for that so to speak on how different it is from the south I mean one word free magic I put a hyphen in between that, so it is one word. But free magic, come on. Tevinter is going to be completely different from the previous games in terms of its culture because it's free magic. Magic has no restrictions in Tevinter. Blood magic is frowned upon, in quotes. But no, you can do whatever you want. In the highest echelons of the Magisterium, if you are a certain rank of a Magister, you can do what the hell you want in terms of magic. You can use blood magic, you can enter the Fade as a Dreamer, you can do what the hell you want, obviously, as we see in what Corypheus did in the past but magic is completely it's the very foundations of Tevinter so it's completely different from Ferelden from Orlé where people feared magic they were more consumed by the Chantry where people you know feared religion or feared 
the Maker. In Tavinta, obviously they have the Chantry, but they have a different stance on it. They have the Black Divine. They have a different stance on magic because what they do is they take the law of, of the chant and they take out the rules on magic and they flex it so they can do what the hell they want in terms of magic. They have this very scientific look on magic. They are all for the technological advancement of magic. They, they don't care for religion or for faith. They would rather disregard that and, you know, advance magic. Hence, obviously, entering the Black City as Corypheus did. So they're very, they're very scientifical, logical in their ways. You know, they're very secular. They don't really care about the chant as much as, obviously, Ferald and all that. So the idea of magic being free is going to completely change the laws, the restrictions of, of this world. It's going to just change all of it. The laws, the, the culture, every society, it's all founded on the very foundations of magic. So from that stance right there, everything is going to be so different and I cannot wait to see that. And I'm wondering what it's going to be like when I am a, a non-mage, me being a rogue or a warrior. I want to see how culture and how society is different towards my character. Obviously, if we're not Twinter anyway, they're going to be frowned upon us. But are they going to be even more frowned upon us because we don't know magic? Or if I am a mage, are they going to like me more? Am I going to be allowed into aspects mm. of Twinter? You know, so I'm really excited for that dynamic of magic and just how it completely differentiates itself from the south so that's that's super exciting for me honestly well now we need to think of technically if this is our next step and we're heading towards the future we need to realize that a lot of this magic and stuff like that is kind of meshing together yeah. of all of Thetis and what I mean by that is that we dealt with you know the mage rebellion dealt with the Templar rebellion and now we're starting getting into like a college of enchanters yeah. where it's not necessarily magic to be feared it's rather don't mess with us yeah. Uh, we just want to learn. And I think all, all around Thetis, it's who has the most knowledge and power. Yeah. That's just the, the biggest universal. like competition that's going on in Thetis. Who, who can give it up to, you know, know this much or have, you know, the, this certain spell. And that's like even in back in the history of the ancient Arlathon, it's the same thing. It was like, who yeah. has the highest spell to this, you know, or who can make this happen? And like all of this is reasoning towards like, that's just the main goal. And that's the main like yeah. thing Aspiring that seems to, to lead to the, the most, most powerful and influential. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but th the only place that it seems that it's most powerful is magic. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why, you know, according to Tefinter's history, that's, you know, what made that's them most yeah. prosperous because they started having magic first. Now I get it, Feralden and Orlay have their own, you know, glories that they can, they can you know, delve yeah. into. But then again, it's, they know that they stand a little weaker yeah. than Tefinter. But at the same time, they're like, we can still deal with it on our own because we know what we're going through. Yeah. But nowadays, they're not. They have their circles, you know, collapsing. Exactly. And uh, all these rebellions going on. So technically, they are... They are the ones that Probably really yeah. close to becoming as Tevinter is. Yeah. And that's what's a little more alarming, I think. But the thing is, we think it's alarming because we've been taught throughout these games that, yeah, Tevinter's bad. Magic is exactly. ahead of man. Exactly. Magic is to serve man, not rule over it. You know, there's that propaganda that you get taught into and, and that we believe exactly. it too. You know, we're like, oh yeah, you know, okay, yeah. I'm, you know, because my mage, you know, I do a lot of the mages mm -hmm. in all the games and all of it's just, you know, well, no, you got to be careful. Yes. You know, oh, yeah. you, you're really powerful or, oh, you know, 
you're in the circle. You gotta Time be careful. Yeah. Always like you gotta hold exactly. back. You know, like you're basically in like, you know, watching the movie Frozen. Like, oh, she's gotta hold <laughs> her powers back. <laughs> let it go. You know, it, yeah, and then you let it go. No, um, but yeah, it, it's completely different. But I think what I'm seeing out of what's different yeah. now is slavery. Right. And right. 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 There's not much anywhere else that regards slavery as much as they do. Yes. They use it again. So, like I said about the Egyptians, yeah. they are kind of like that because they, they do, the Egyptians had slaves and that was their prosperity. That's what made them, you know, indentured people who would work to make our nation great. Yeah. And we didn't have to pay them. It wasn't like a capitalism thing. They just did it because they were They're told to that and they'll be guaranteed things to make them work the next day, basically with like food and yeah. maybe shelter. That's their life. Um, yeah. So we have that um, aspect. And then again, magic is held higher because, you know, I guess I would say is that like the prime minister or whoever's in charge does the politics kind of thing. But like the Archon and the people of the Magisterium are like deciding the like future events of Tevinter. Yes. Obviously, yeah, they always want to conquer everything. But I feel like now they know that they're not at their golden age and they want to regain it. Yeah. Um, yeah. They so, want to get back to that. They do. Yeah. yeah. They want to reclaim that. Yeah. I get it. Like something like that where people are just as, you know, heavily into trying to get up to the top and it is a kind of a caste system. There's going to be rigged politics gonna be rigged. going on. Yeah, yeah, there. Yeah. there are going to be like, especially in the magisterium, there are going to be like yeah. assassinations. There are going to be all that kind of stuff. It's the same thing as the Orlay in the game. Exactly. The point is, it's is that... It's completely different, but yeah, it's still a Yeah, game. the point it's is, is that it's it's more about power and knowledge rather than reputation. And reputation is founded based on like how many people you got oh, with you yeah. or behind your back. And that has to do a lot into Vinter rather than Orlay. And that's why you can contrast them because you can see, oh, well, Orlay, they really depend on uh, you know, their reputation. Yeah. For instance, like you could say Liliana and Josephine, they're bards. They're literally nothing, except Josephine was more of a royal more house, royal, but Liliana yeah. was nothing. But she got up because of her reputation, reputation and yeah. her willing to keep her word. And same thing with Briala. You know, she's a servant, but since she was close to Celine, yeah. she'd be able to come up and have a little more privileges. Exactly. That's probably the same thing that's going on in Tevinter, such as, you know, Calpurnia being a slave. And then, and then being, you know, yeah. Ben was luckily, you know, founded by Corypheus to join with Venatari, him. Yeah. But in reality, it's, I think it's more of like, okay, how much power do I have for magic and all these spells? Because I will get there to get to, on the top of yeah, the magisterium rather than... Oh, the game, you know, I'm going to work my out by kill this talking. person yeah, to exactly. make it to make people shocked and then they will respect me. Yeah. Like, that's just not how it goes into exactly. Winter. Into Winter, it goes, okay, if you're not good at magic, then get out then of get here. Get out. Yeah, what you're doing. Mentality. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, you do, they do hold high regard of their warriors and stuff like that. I yeah. mean, the Venatori, you're fighting against a lot of the warriors. So yes, according to an army, you do want warriors. And so they are held, but they're not held high. They're not held you know, higher they're not than held what a mage for leadership. Yeah. 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 So 
yeah, that's that's perfect. As opposed to it being a game of you know reputation and influence, like all that, it's a game of power and influence, and and who is the best mage and who's the most powerful and who you know. As opposed to anything like all that, it's it's a completely different game. It's 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 completely different in terms of that. So we're building a picture in Tavinta. You know, we're we've talked about the setting, what we like, and now we're really delving into yeah. the society of it. But one thing I want to want to quickly nod to is I want to really understand what Tavinta have been doing or what they've been doing in the Magisterium throughout the entirety of the games you know while we've been all there while we've been at the exotic council while we've been saving the the fifth light or whatever i want to know what Tavinta been doing and last time we heard we actually heard from the archon was mage killer and what they were actually doing in the magisterium was they got marius and tessa two unknowns to them obviously and they then saw an end to the venatory cult so we, they have some dealings with working inwardly and you know killing off cults and working against Tavinta itself but i really want to know what they've been doing this entire time what they're discussing in the magisterium what they're working towards would it be repelling against the cunari is it looking inwardly getting rid of you know the venatory corifus's influence or is it you know building up to something greater what i want to know what Tavinta's next plan would be you know what their next stages you know they've already ruined the world by so many events what are they doing now what are they building towards i really and i, and I want and i think that the next stage in the magisterium will be a big plot in dragon age 4 we'll have something to do with the magisterium we'll have something so Vinter will be planning something or we'll have some dealings with the archon and i really i just can't think what they would be doing right now They've weeded out the Venatori cults. They've practically killed that. They, the only one they didn't kill was Carpurnia. So I'm just thinking, what would they be planning next? Yeah, and that's interesting because they are technically... So when it comes to politics and stuff like that and what they're supposed to do, um, they're split into two houses and one's the Magisterium. And then I think the other one... Goodness gracious. It's like the Imperial... Okay, it's the Imperial Senate, basically. Right. But then there's a Publicanium? Publicanium or something like that? And that one's basically the lower house, and it contrasts with the Magisterium, because obviously it's like, you know, you're not the Archon, you're not yeah, important, you yeah. know, kind of thing. So uh, it doesn't hold any power, I guess, and it's just a body right. for the Senate. Then there's officials, you know? Yeah. And what I feel like they do in the politics for Tevinter, it's not talked about, because for one, Again, we have that hush, boycott hush. of, uh, yeah, well, because we had that boycott of like what's really going on. Yeah. And what we need to realize is that when we head into Tevinter, I think we'll know a lot of more about what they're, oh, okay, the Magisterium does this. This yeah. is what they do. Yeah. Um, what they do, I think, is probably they do the same thing what they do with the Divine, where they gather. And yeah, they, talk. they talk. Yeah, yeah. So they they go to the meetings and stuff like that, and they talk about you know what they're going to do and influence status. Then there's also you know we need to understand that like it's a smuggle society, so like everything is hush hush anyways yeah, because like yeah. that's how they're prosperous. How like they, yeah. shh, like don't talk. Like don't. I'm you know I'm a ship to send all these slavers yeah. and people you know like Isabella was and you know people will keep their word if they're getting for coin, yeah. especially. You know, Especially in in the, the realm of Thetis, you know, because yeah. it's just they're like, whatever, you know, I don't want to get involved, and it's Tevinter, like, no one should yeah. get involved with Tevinter anyway. So, we have a lot of that going on, but yeah, I, I think it's hush hush because that's their that's society, the way they want to be hush hush, right. and like, 
even when you're talking with Dorian, he's the same way. And you're like, oh yeah, blood magic. How's that? And he's like, oh no, I don't. No one does it. They won't tell you that though. Yeah. You know, we yeah. do do it, they but do, we won't yeah. tell you that because it's hush hush. We keep our you know secrets to ourselves. Especially if somebody's doing blood magic, which blood magic is pretty powerful in relation to you know you can actually physically enter the fade through blood magic. Yeah, it requires a lot of resources, but you still can do it. But that regards it. Yes, it's higher, but it needs more resources. So yeah, a smuggle society is needed because right. oh man, I need to smuggle lyrium or I need to smuggle slaves to yeah. use sacrifices yeah. for my ritual. That's how it's still done. And in politics, what the Magisterium does, that can be up to them. I think mostly it's to do with probably f like forbidden magic and stuff. Yeah, like that, whatever you know? they're planning with the advancement yeah. of magic. I feel like they could be doing rituals or they could just be pushing the envelope of magic by you know continually doing things with blood magic, fear magic. I feel like they could be p continually pushing that out to just experiment and see what other magic they can they can create, what spells they can create, what they can do with necromancy or blood magic. I, I feel like the Magisterium is constantly trying to push the envelope on what we can do next and what we can do forward in the evolution of magic you know and i feel like obviously they wouldn't they wouldn't share that they need to keep a hush 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 but i i feel that there are some deep dark secrets at the highest point in the magisterium and i just want to work those out i want to be be a character in dragon age 4 who can who can get in there who can understand these kind of really creepy conspiracies or what's going on on because there needs to be yeah. some jaded plot around the magisterium or tevinter because obviously there's going to be the soulless plot but i want to know what tevinter's story is going to be is it going to be about slavery and is it going to be about rescuing slaves recruiting magisters to then build a slave rebellion or getting fenris or getting slaves or ex-slaves like calpurnia to then rise against the slavery and have a massive war in tevinter or is it going to be against the cunari and i get we'll get onto this in a bit or, or is it going to be about you know Maybe they want to fix the veil, or maybe they want to stable the veil. Maybe, you know, I'm just thinking about what sort of Tevinter-centric plot could we have that could be proceeding in the Magisterium since they got a cancel, you know? So I really want to yeah. unravel that, you know? I want to be able to explore that in Dragon Age 4. And I think the reason why is because a lot of it is, um, a lot of theories and stuff like that regarding the Tevinter Imperium is like, well, since that didn't work, that means that won't work this time. Yeah. Which is which is kind of scary because, like you said about the slave rebellion, like Andraste yeah. was one of Ex the slave yeah. rebellions yeah. that was probably the largest in history yeah. for Tevinter that failed. Then you know there was an Archon that tried to ban yeah. slavery and he got assassinated. So there's a lot of like. Yeah, but then what we do is kind of basically wipe them all out. Yeah. Which is basically what they do in Orlay with, you know, the elven, you know, alienages and stuff yeah. like that. So I think in regards towards like slavery and stuff, I, I don't see it unless there's like a divine intervention. Yeah, you know? yeah, unless we on Divine Victoria have some aspect that can help against that or whatever, but Yeah, or a godly intervention. Because I know so. people people want a new character in Dragon Age 4 to be a slave and for us to build a slave rebellion up. But you hear about the Archon? I just don't see that possible. There's so many... Yeah, but that's the thing. There's so many slave exactly, rebellions they're anyway. Constant. Like, even in Kirkwall, you saw, like, a house... You go into, like, mini-quests in, like, Origins and in, yeah. like, uh, DA2. Like, they're all pretty much failed exactly. like oh yeah we're just killing all these slaves they try to rebel against us like there's no chance for them they're exactly. made weak on Suppress. purpose and you know it's not like they can gain but i i get it there's some hopes there there's calpurnia there's, there's you know andraste did pretty good on her yeah. own um yeah there's fenris marius. there's marius so fenris. You have all these, <laughs> yeah, no. um human fenris and you 
you basically have a bunch of people that got out of it, but are they starting a rallying? No. no. Calpurnia's moving on. Fenris is moving on. They're, they're running. Well, uh, Calpurnia, they're on the run. Calpurnia got slaves to relieve them. Right. To right. have a free life. Did she ask them to come so we could ha go against a slave rebellion? No. no. And I think the reason why is because a lot of it, they know it's going to fail. Yeah. And Dorian knows that. A lot of people who are into Vinter know that know, because yeah. there's no way out. And honestly, Dorian says sometimes slavery is a better life than actually being a servant in Orlais. So, yeah. you know, a lot of that kind of plot, it's kind of scary. You don't know what you're really going to deal with in the Magisterium because yeah. the slavery is, that's their main economic, like... They're, yeah, they're trade. They, they sell people. Yeah, that's their main economic, like... <laughs> um, Coverage. Revenue, you know, it's yeah. not it's not like you can just let that go away and exactly. um, Only reason for that to go away is an actual empire to, to be destroyed and we've seen that in what actual real-world history So that's all I'll say about that, but the magisterium plot. Yeah, I have no idea um, <laughs> I'm probably gonna guess it's just keeping to venture together Yeah, yeah, that's so. true. That's true. They want to get rid of the venatory cult because it's a, a threat against the venter, So they send assassins after them We'll get more into those in a bit, but it could just literally be looking after Tvinter. But so, talking about the people and the culture of Tvinter, again, slavery is just huge. It's massive, it's a huge part. Humans, elves, Kunari, dwarves, each race, they're just trafficked into slavery. And it's completely legal, and again, it's no issues warranted, no law. You can do whatever you want regarding slavery. It's capitalism. Again, magic is the very foundation of the empire. Non-majors are called soprates. It just means commoner. They're not frowned upon, but you're just going to be overlooked and not worthy of the magisterium's attention because you don't wield magic, which is, again, the foundation of Tevinter. And everything in Tevinter just refers to its society and its politics. Just like Ole, except obviously with that Tevinter twist. The Imperium really care about how they look from the inside. They don't really care about, you know, what people look in and see, but internally they do care. They care about their superficial looks. The Magisterium is the most important, influential political stance in Fadus, in my opinion. I'd say they're even more powerful than, you know, the Inquisition, the Divine, or Lay, because they're just so influential. And again, they are constantly pushing the envelope of magic. So the Magisterium is the entire buzz of Tevinter. And again, you can be a mage and not a Magister, but to be a Magister means you're a member of the Magisterium. So society in Tevinter, it's just all superficial. Again, like Ole, but in Tevinter, it's all about who the best mage is. People don't marry for love or for sheer companionship. They marry for sport in order to breed the best possible mage, offspring. It's arranged marriages, you know? Regardless of how they feel as a couple, yeah. it's an arranged marriage so they can then breed for sport so they can have the best possible son or daughter that is the most powerful mage that can rank up in the magisterium and become a great magister. It's all superficial and it's all about looking inward and magic. And in terms of, you know, marriage, sex, homosexuality, it's allowed, it's not illegal, it's just that it doesn't offer an offspring and it's seen as a pleasurable thing instead of an actual societal issue. Dorian isn't frowned upon because he's homosexual. That's a different issue with his daddy issues. That's because obviously his dad wanted him to have a son, have a daughter with a woman. But he didn't want that because obviously that's not his sexuality. Yeah, he frowned upon it because it was not prosperous in Tevinter because he would be the seat of the magisterium. Yeah once his dad passed away so it was a lineage type He's of a, thing yeah building on that lineage yeah. of oh we have a really good bloodline and we want you to marry this woman because you could continue that bloodline but of course he didn't want to do that and transgender is not an issue obviously Mervaris Talani she's in the magisterium she's a magister so regarding that that's the culture that we can build up on Tevinter 
you know, we've got the society, we've got what the people are like, they care about their self-image. They don't care about Ferelden or Leia, you know, Siharan, Neanderthals. They care about just Tevinter. They're very selfish, you know, they care about their image, they care about magic, they care about the qualities of building a lineage, as opposed to building a family, as opposed to, you know, finding love, as opposed to having companionship. They care about ranking, they care about magic, they care about continuing on their heritage and passing it on to a generation of, you know, new magic, and they just care about the evolution of, of technology and magic. So it's a very different culture that we're going to be experiencing in this Dragon Age 4. It's going to be completely different and I'm super excited for that. But just the people themselves, they're very, very different. They have this, just this individualistic look on life. Yeah. So regarding like slavery and stuff like that, um, we need to realize that dwarves are not really into slavery. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's elves, humans, and even canari. Elves, obviously, if you learn in the history, they're basically <laughs> Always been we're fought against and slaughtered during you know the fall of Arlathan so like they technically are lower and they are the lowest probably race in all of Thetis anyways. Humans yeah main reason is is probably because some of them you know were doing their job and then they kind of sneaked around and then you know well yeah. you get slavery here or sometimes there is slavery for them to actually be a citizen of Tevinter. Canari, right. um, well, there was a peace treaty of all of Thetis for Canari to stop war on Thetis, but to Vinter decline. So yeah, I can see as why Canari yeah. was a slave as well. Yeah. So we have those, that's slaves, right? Right, right, right. And then we have the dwarves. So I talked about the, the smuggling. Dwarves are held not high, but they're just kind of foreigners. And right. They've done a lot of training for Orzammar, obviously, with Lyrium, and they've given the Imperium golems and stuff like that. Like, yeah, in, in the Blight, they've given them a lot of stuff, and um, they have their own underground society, apparently. Really? Uh, yeah, in Tevinter. <laughs> That's crazy. Dwarven embassies in Minrathis, Naromenian, and Canaris are they, uh, situated entirely underground and are considered by dwarves to reside within the stone, allowing those in the embassy to retain their caste. This is from the wiki. Um, so basically dwarves are still living in their own caste system right. in Tevinter, but they're underground and they're kind of away from society, but it also helps them smuggle a lot of things. Yes, smuggle in. But yeah. they also, yeah. since they live by their own thing, they can, they used to help, you know, the ancient elves hide and they used to also trade with the Avar. So Oh, wow. They're still regarded in there as foreigners, but they still have their own life within yeah. there. They're just yeah. in a different location as they would be, you know, in Orzammar. Yeah, so dwarves are not naturally a slave. I think I've maybe seen the comics that there is one, and I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, but yeah, that's what, that yeah. might be, again, because they betrayed Tevinter somehow. Some you know? sort of, yeah. So yeah. about the social classes, which is a which lot is, of... Yeah. Uh, to venture society is in, right? Yeah. Um, citizens are classified into one of three levels depending on their ancestry and magical ability. So we've got Sol Parati, and that's basically all common citizens who are yeah. non-mages. Basically, Sol Parati means sleepers in Tavin. I don't yeah. want to like butcher yeah, that, but yeah. I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> Tavin because yeah. yeah, that's their language there. But um, that's their social class. Um, it's mainly a human class. They're allowed to own property and serve the military. Like that's what I would figure they would be serving if they're warriors. If but they're warriors, yeah. um, they have literally no power in the nation's governance, and they can't attain a higher rank because they don't have any magic in their blood yeah. um, or any magical power. So 
that would technically want a Soparati to create a mage child. So there's that breeding. Yeah, okay, yeah. Soparati wants, you know, to be prosperous. Okay, I'm going to have this child do this. And sometimes families who are extremely, you know, want to be prosperous usually come from a Soparati line and they will do anything to have oh, wow. another mage. We've got that going on. Now we've got the next one, Latens, which is the next class. Next, yeah. That's technically mages who are born into families. At that point, show no magical ability or have been mages for generations but have no link to higher Altus or Dreamer class. Basically, I would say like Felix. Felix is yeah. technically a Latens. Yeah. He had no magical ability, but he was good at like arts and stuff like that, so they sent him to Orlay. Yeah, Felix would technically yeah. be a Layton. Um, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so the next one is technically what Dorian would be is an Altus. Those are mages to be descendants of dreamers or magisters, which technically just means, okay, yes, you're a mage. You're but a mage. Your mage is like, you know, if you have magic in your blood, that means you're blessed from the old gods. Yeah. Um, or the maker, you know. Yeah. I guess apparently you can have the ability to speak the old gods in the Fade, but that's just, oh, wow. again, that's, that's just again, according that's, to their religion. Yeah. They're no longer objects of worship the old gods, but the descendants of these powerful mages are held in esteem and often the most high-ranking mages in the Imperium. Duh, they're in the Magisterium. Yeah. The majority of Magisters are Altus, <laughs> and most of these people are the ones who created Blight and the Corruption yeah. of Golden City, quote If they're the, the descendants um, of the Dreamers, does that mean that they're the descendants of the original Magisters, or does that mean they're just descendants of other Dreamers? Yeah, I think in, in, for Dreamers and stuff like that, it's like if you can contact things in the Fade, you're a Dreamer. Right, right. And you're held high. I don't really understand like what extent the Dreamers are for yeah, Interest Society, but exactly. I do know for sure like in general, yeah, Dreamers. Yeah pretty rare like yeah, but i don't yeah, know yeah. what they mean by like oh yeah mage is a dreamer but like in yeah, reality exactly. no it's way rarer than that like you actually yeah. have to like be aware in the fade yeah you know, exactly in Physically. your dreams and stuff yeah, obviously yeah. so yeah that's what i would just say that's the social classes again i'd explain slavery which is the low of the low then it's to Soparati, latens and then altus so that's the general social classes of Tevinter. Yeah. That's what we'd the expect caste system, to. basically, if you want to say that. But it's social yeah. classes, but I would say it's a caste system, easily. It is. It basically is, yeah. Different ranking of social class, you know. You kind of mm -hmm. got lower class, middle class, higher class, and then slavery. <laughs> so that's what we'll be expecting to bump into. Every, I imagine we'll be bumping into a lot of Altuses when we go around Tevinter. But again, Soprati, Latans, we'll be bumping into all of them when we're walking around Tevinter, when we're bumping into people, you know. So we should expect to see these different, this different kind of dynamic of, oh, well, I'm a Soprati and I'm an Altus. And you'll see that, we should be seeing that clash of political, you know, well, I'm better than you or whatever. We should see that clash on the streets. I imagine that even the city could be set in districts where, you know, Altuses live here, while obviously Soparatis can't, you know, live near the Magisterium or can't go down here. Obviously, it's oh, not yeah. kind of racial segregation. I feel like that's going to be expected to But I, I feel like, yeah, I don't think it's segregation, but I feel like it's a bit more, well, you know, we're Altuses, so we have the pleasure of living here, or we have the pleasure of this district, or we have the, you know, not kind of, you know, we, you can't sit on this bus, but more in terms of, well, we have this, and we have this, and we have this, and, you know, we'll have that different clash of, well, you're just a Soparati, you know, you're just, you don't well, have any... 
you know, magical ability. What's the point? Yeah. You know? No, it's easy. Um, if you think of Kirkwall, where it's built by Tevinter people. Yeah. It's, you know, it has it's, it's the low, yeah. the lowers with the alienage. And exactly. Like, you know, and then you have the higher, which is closer to, you know. The Viscount. Viscount. And the higher markets. And then you have the higher, and it gets higher and higher and higher. I yeah. think that's what the Menrathis is definitely going to look up. It's exactly. Gonna look like, it's going to be like higher, higher, up, up, up. There's, you know. Where each the, class is in each yeah. district. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. I imagine the Latons could be with the Altus because if you're a son of an Altus, you probably live with your parents. Whatever, doesn't matter. But yeah, well, yeah. Be... I mean, if if Felix lived with Alexius, like that's he would evident, be, you yeah, know. Yeah. Like families are close tied into Winter, so a lot of people think, oh yeah, everybody's cutthroaty and and the family. Yes, that's true. But they're also it's an extended family, so they care a lot about them. Yeah. Um, and I think, like, even when we see Dorian, he cares, like, a crap can, ton about yeah. his father. He, like, he comes does. back to figure out his murder of, of his father, even though he didn't hold his father in a high regard because he didn't accept his homosexuality. But the thing is, like, their families and stuff like that, they care a lot. And I think yeah. that's what is going to be kind of a little more threatening when it comes to, like, dealing with Leighton's and Altus because, you know, oh, did you, yeah. that's my cousin. You know, like, I feel like that's yeah. going to happen. Like, on some quests, there's going to be yeah. a plot twist and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's my cousin. And you're like, my really? my cousin's cousin. <laughs> you're killing my cousin. And you know what? Don't get me wrong. Like, even in uh, Orlais, does the same way. Like, how Florain yeah. was, like, what? It was a brother? Brother what? to Gaspard? Brother to Gaspard? Brother the, yeah, she's so the sister the, of Gaspard. Brother to Gaspard, so, yeah. so the niece to Celine? Nephew? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so, like, Celine was, like, even technically related to, like, Gaspard or something like that. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they were cousins. Uh, they're cousins, sorry, they're cousins. Yeah, yeah. so... They were going to well, marry does, as well. Doesn't yeah. matter. It doesn't so matter Gaspard. technically in royalty blood, I guess, because you see that all the time in history. But, yeah. It's still that time. <laughs> still, like, <laughs> families held regard high in, like, Tevinter. And, you know, you can just think of it as Olay, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Or even Ferelden, they have that cute tightness, I think, you know, because okay, yeah, no, it's based no, on no. Britain. And they have, you know... No! Britain, Britain have good families. Come on, they have it. Especially because Ferelden's more up north. Yeah, but it's more Ferelden north is more homey. Britain. Like, like yeah, yes, we're I mean. gonna. Mm. Everybody as a family is gonna sit together as a meal. In like Orlay and in Tervinter, it's more like, yeah, my third cousin of this thing. I need okay. to help him. Okay, I need to yeah. give him some gold for his birthday. You know, like that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So, to me, yeah, Ferelden's more like go for a walk and homey and. <laughs> Let's all go for a walk with our dogs together. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like the north of England than the south because south, you obviously, you don't have that many southern representation in uh, Frodo, which is fine with me because the north is better. But um, going back to Tavinta, yeah, the culture and society and the ranking, it's super interesting and it's different. And I can't wait to just be in that aspect of everyone has this ranking and there's this different dynamic of everyone's going to treat each other differently, you know, no matter if you're a foreigner or if you're a soporati. The lines are going to be quite blurred, I feel. And I'm wondering if we have, an, unfortunately, a new protagonist and if we're actually from Tavinta, how are they going to work around being a mage or being a non-mage? If they're just going to have a basic origin story where, well, you're a convict or you can't be in the ranking or if they're actually going to play the card of, well, if you're a mage, you're actually a Ventus, or you're actually from a Tevinter family, or, you know, I wonder if they're going to do that dynamic, whereas if you're a non-mage, you're a separati, whereas if you're actually a mage, you uh, actually are a Ventus, or you have pan family yeah. in the Magisterium, or if they're going to do that family dynamic. I know that they want to do a family dynamic again, that they really, because you saw in Andromeda how they tried to do a family, they tried, and aspects of it were good, the dad, the father, the aspects of that were really good, and you can see the potential in it, but it didn't 
obviously hit the nail on the head, but if they tried again for a Dragon Age with more time and more resources, I feel like they could really do, because Dragon Age 2, I really enjoyed the family dynamic, you know? It was fun having a brother and a sister and a mom, and I feel like they want to try and do it again. I feel like they really do. And obviously they had it in Origins too, so I think it'd be fun having a Tevinta family. <laughs> It would be interesting to see. So, all my cousins in the Magisterium, so he can help us out. Yeah. Or, you know? Well, I mean, in DA too, like, when we had the family and stuff like that, and the mother dies, I was horrified. I was like, oh my. Yeah. This is not something to be okay. I was upset, obviously, because yeah. you do get connected with. It's your family member. Like, you would. I was yeah. kind of relating to what Hawk was thinking. I was like, oh yeah. my goodness, like. We need to kill these magisters, you know, like, yeah, our, we need to yeah. kill. Yeah, so in, in regards to, like, um, family, I don't think it's going to be naturally beneficial. I don't think so because we are the, the child yeah. or if we're, like, yes. the parent, it's going to be kind of hard. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm just saying, like, I feel like we're probably going to be the child again. Maybe the youngest or something. I don't want a But I but don't. Like, it's really hard to even get into Venter's society, even if you're outside of it. So, like, yeah. people are like, oh, I want to be a Canary and enter to Venter. Like, uh, you, yeah, that's not... Like, you know, I you have to, like, work for, like, two to three years and, like... Yeah. I know that Iron Bull sneaks into Dorian, but it's not the same if you're playing as one and you are doing some sort of plot around yeah. it. Again, by where they could, they, they, they would wreck on it. I know that they would. Oh, well, you are this certain person, or you have this, or, you know, like, the with Inquisition... They, they did it with well if you're a Talvashoff or you know if you're a dwarf you're castless or if you're a if you're a mage you were never in, you were from the circle you know they always kind of cut the ties off so that they don't have those restrictions so again they'll just wreck on it but still I mean I don't want to play it as a new protagonist in the first place but again if we are like the dual protagonist of the Inquisitor and a new player I would love to have that kind of we are from Tavinza and we have this Tavinza orientation that'd be fun to see but um, that, that's it regarding the society. We've got a ton of dynamics and political uproar there that's going to completely change just walking through the streets of Tevinter. It's it's going to be really, really interesting to see what it's like completely different. So I think a lot of people need to know about the history of Tevinter because it's kind of the foreground of how Minrathus was built. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'll go briefly on this because what we want to get more is into, the, into like the tinfoils. So... These are just little details that you need yeah, to yeah, know yeah. so that this kind of makes the tinfoils make more sense. Um, so, like, the history of Tevinter is recorded and held highly within the Imperium, right? So a lot of records explain their history to their respect on the subject. Tevinter really started when tribes of humans wanted to move on towards Thetis, and they separated, and Monrathis was known as the most prolific among the tribes. And they were first ruled by monarchy, so, you know, a bunch of kings. Uh, but then they later moved on to, like, the Free Mages Society, and... They they started with like the first Archon because they wanted more knowledge and power and that was like wow, yeah. we're going to hold that as really high in our own society. So due to the power of knowledge of magic, it started to conquer basically over all the land of magic, which is ironic towards Andrastian chant because, yeah. you know, magic is not supposed to rule over man. But this was before any of that religion even came. Altus only came later after the Archon Thalcian began to learn blood magic from good old god named Dumont. Uh, sounds familiar, right? This is when Tevinter started to worship dragons 
aka the old gods, and they created temples and stuff like that. Which is funny because dragon's blood is known as, you know, the blood of the world, which yeah. I think is ironic to, you know, knowledge and power uh, to conquer Thetis. Anyway, their actual downfall is when they raged several wars against themselves, magic against magic. And when they did that, it brought many other regions whose lands were conquered by Tevinter to intervene and make them weaker in ruling over most of Thetis. Thus, most of the realm of Tevinter was kind of not into their golden age anymore. Right. They were kind of redeclining, as I should say. Now there's probably that big mistake that a lot of people know, and it's probably responsible for the most disaster of all of Dragon Age, um, <laughs> but them group of Magisters who <laughs> sacrificed a crap ton just to enter physically through the Fade using blood magic. They recorded as the first Darkspawn when they came out, and then the first Blight came and it rammed around like 200 years. And now out. we collide into the state of Andraste's life along with the Blight. A lot of people know about Andraste. Long story short, gets killed and Ouch. Hesarian becomes Andrastian due to, you know, confessing about Mothra's betrayal. So we have all that done. There's done. the history. Now, you know, to present day, basically. I mean, you don't know much now. I mean, except like, you know, we don't. they kind of shun yeah. the old gods now and they're into, you know, just being the circle of magi and stuff like that. Yeah. Because they and even they use their temples of old gods in, in to just, you know, having a circle. So that's basically what's in the that's, that's, history. That's, that's, that's the basically nutshell. the main booms that happened for Twitter yeah, to yeah. exist today. And now it's kind of just the remnants of that lost empire and they're just trying to reclaim that. We don't really know what they're doing these days just keeping themselves busy disregarding every other country they have tiny wars of the cunari but other than that they just kind of keep to themselves when corypheus isn't trying to blow up the sky and create cults they kind of do keep to themselves i'd say fairly so now if we delve into some potential tin fellows for dragon age 4 what narratives could be unfolded concerning Tevinter? so what entire story could we have when we go to Tevinter? what could just hit us in the face when we get there i mean i have plenty First of all, a Cunari invasion. The Cunari invaded at the end of Trespasser. They plan on conquering all of Thedas. It is written in the Cune. Yep. They want to convert every single country, every single person to the Cune. If you don't convert, you will be killed. That's foreshadowing. So we should have that in Dragon Age 4. Why not? Why not have a Cunari invasion uh, happen? Tevinter and the Cunari are constantly in conflict with each other. Seharan, Pavalan, they're next to Tevinter. They're right close to Tevinter. Seharan obviously is the closest. Pavalan obviously much further. But they're always rivaling against Tevinter. I don't really know why. There's obviously law into that. They probably tried to take over Tevinter first. Something like that. Not too sure. But they're in constant conflict. Why don't we have a Cunari invasion into Vinter? Maybe this could be a plot for Ventus. Ventus being the coastal town next to Seharan, the closest to Seharan. Ventus is where Dorian is. Ventus is where Mivaris Delany is. So, perfect place for a Cunari invasion. Also, Dragon Age Deception launches next week. And we have an uh, issue... Yay! Whoop. <laughs> Issue 3 has released a few sketches, and on one of the sketches is a shouting Cunari. So I'm wondering if Dragon Age Deception, mm -hmm. which is set in the city of Ventus, with Olivia Pride and Calix Quintara, and a few Inquisition agents, there's a Cunari on the front cover, and there's a Cunari raging. So I'm wondering if, in Dragon Age Deception, towards the end of the graphic novel, if we're going to have a Cunari invasion on Tevinter, which is in the most advanced timeline of Dragon Age so far. It's set after the Exotic Council, after Night Errant, so this time period is the perfect place for Dragon Age so I'm wondering if that's going to lead into Dragon Age 4. Good. Yeah, or if it's going to lead into another 
graphic novel. Either way, the Cunari are doing something in this graphic novel, which so far is solely set in Tevinter. Not sure if they move away, but it seems like it's going to be set in Ventus. So again, Cunari invasion, massive potential, massive possibility. What else have we got? We've got the Dreamers and the Magisterium, with the next plot surrounding the Veil. Solas wanted to rip up on the Veil. Dreamers may be used or necessary for us to potentially save the Veil, get into the Fade, solve some of the plot points. I'm not rightly sure what could go on here. Dreamers are kind of hidden away. They're obviously Altuses, but yeah. they're hidden away in the upper echelons of the Magisterium. So perhaps we could find them, use them, talk to them, get a companion of one of them. They're very shady, but obviously the next plot surrounding the Veil, surrounding the Fade. I feel like we, they could have a decent amount of plot in them. What else have we got? The Seven Magisters, they're unsolved. Corypheus is dead. The architect is still living on. They're, they come from Tevinter. They are at the bare bones of Tevinter. They are the reason why Tevinter is the way it is. And there are still six of them out there. And of course, they regenerate after being killed. So who's to say that Corypheus is fully, fully dead? Obviously, he's in the fade, all screwed up. But still, the Magisters come from here. Even just kind of uncovering each of their backstories or discovering their stories, because they have a really wicked story. Or uncovering each of their names, uncovering which Magister did what, which Magister of which god represented what. Obviously, we know Corypheus represented Dumas, and then the architect represented um, Euphemiel. So it'd be really fun just finding out their first names, uncovering more of their stories, uncovering codexes on the Magisters, you know. So that could just be a small side quest, or it could be something different. Again, tying into the Magisters, the old gods. What's going on there? Savinta, its nation is represented with a dragon. Of course, this is representing the old god religion. Tevinter, again, has a different religion to Fadus. It's got the old god religion, so it's going to have that complete contrast of religion. Of course, they are converting away to the Chantry, but even still, a lot of people will be following that old god religion, like Tevinter cults, like dragon cults, like the Dawn of the Seeker, where we have cults that worship and preserve dragons, that they follow the old god religion. So again, we could have some Tevinter to cults lurking around Tevinter. We could have people trying to restore the old gods. We could have a potential future blight. We could have two blights. Lucican or Lucician and Razakel are still sleeping. So again, there's unsolved mysteries around the old gods. We could even just find out about them or learn more about them and hopefully uncover that they are not the elven gods. But hey ho, one can hop. Um, and then Venatory Remnants, again, from Mage Killer. Marius was told to go kill all the Venatory people. He didn't, because he didn't kill Calpurnia. But again, the Venatory will still live on from Corypheus. They're a cult. They're a massive army. They should still live on. Either Red Templars or Mages, or Venatory, sorry. Either of those should still live on. And they will probably be scattered around Devinter. So we could have some side mission, side quests around the Venatory cults. Maybe killing them off. Maybe they're more sympathetic. Maybe Calpurnia is still alive. Obviously she can be. Maybe we, you know, get involved in Calpurnia please as you can tell i really want company but again the venatory cult it's still got offshoots slavery rebellion we talked about that one people want it i don't necessarily see it happening but fenris marius calpurnia having a slave rebellion being a new slave companion and then rebelling against that either way slavery rebellion the only thing that can happen with that is one person would be able to survive a massive slave rebellion would not happen but uh, the success would be just one person escaping slavery for their life that would be it so if we were a new playable protagonist we could make out of our life but that's really about it in terms of a successful slave rebellion. Now a big one is a murder mystery case around Dorian's father and I do see this as a realistic yeah. one you know what's he called he's called like Hawthorne no um Haldwin he's called something like Haldwin anyway we need to see his dad kind of get some 
I don't know, I feel like it'll be a nice emotional moment for Dorian to be retrospective about his father, to go on a quest to uncover his murder, get some redemption, and then for Dorian to just be retrospective about him, talk about him in a good light, share a bit more about why he loved him, and just have that as a nice, you know, that's that story is, is a sad, deep, you know, it's a sad one. It's got a lot of moral ambiguity about his sexuality and mm. about how his dad just couldn't forgive him, um, and he did. And I, I really want to see that closed, and I want to see kind of a nice happiness to it of Dorian, you know, in the end, loving his father and being retrospective about him and talking about him in a good light. I'd love to just solve that and we could go on a deep murder mystery case around Manrathis or Ventus. Kind of like how the arcs in Mass Effect Andromeda, you have this deep mystery surrounding, you need to find these arcs and it happens at different points in the narrative. I would love to just do a murder mystery around his dad. It sounds realistic. Dorian's gonna be in Dragon Age 4. I mean, come on. Why? He, he, there's no way he's not. He's taking his dad's role. His dad had an mm -hmm. old estate. Like, it just sounds like it's setting up for, for it to be that kind of quest so i'd yeah. love that and then finally i know i've gone on here <laughs> new magical advancements magic is the frontier of tevinter so imagine new magic i expect new magic new spells new stuff and i, I expect something going on with tevinter and then doing something new with magic whether it be blood magic whether it be messing around with feared magic whether them just be experimenting with magic as a whole with red lyrium they could be experimenting with red lyrium with, with lyrium they could be doing something whack and perhaps we could join them on that expedition if we were a mage or perhaps we could be stopping them from doing something crazy or we could just experience new magical attributes that perhaps every class could use you know like focus abilities we had in inquisition perhaps we've got certain magical spells that are given to us because because of Twinter or because of a certain plot point something like that i expect magic to have some key role in the, in, the, in the Twinter narrative because of course Twinter is the place for that what about you saria any um any narratives concerning Twinter? I know that I just went on there like flipping. <laughs> But I, you know, I, well, yeah, I have plenty of like, ideas. No, it's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> um, I think I'm really interested in in uh, how blood magic is held, like in Tevinter mm. in general. Like, yes. what makes it different than fade magic, yes. and what makes it different than like, or what does it make it super powerful? Yeah. Um, yeah. To like mind control and you know pretend you're a body, you know a dead body and yeah. stuff like that. Like, necromancy is kind of like it, pretty mm -hmm. close to pretty it. Close. But uh, blood magic is a little more like there's i guess there's just some boundaries but it kind of breaks them and it's really interesting to see how why would blood break a boundary when you know like the boundaries the veil yeah, you know yeah so that's what i would like to learn more about the yeah, magic so i like when you said about the magic advancements because yeah that's true like yeah what alexius did with like time magic exactly um, exactly and like that's where exactly he spent that. his whole family spent they're like devoted yeah. with like so many people and like you know his wife had a bunch of people to help out but he only chose dory and for Dorian to even be like in the part of experiment, he's like, yeah, that just happens. It's just normal. A lot yeah. of people just he spend was... their whole lives devoted. Yeah. And to just see it go away because, you know, the obviously getting attacked by Darkspawn for their caravan, it's just to see like everything turn into shambles is like Dorian's like, yeah, like we worked really hard yeah. and yeah. now he's just trying to get his son back to where he is. So in regards towards like new magic advancements, I want to see more families or groups yeah. that are trying to advance magic because time magic is pretty that was hefty uh that was hefty. that's pretty advanced yeah to even think that would even happen and you saw him using an amulet he saw his amulet spinning and it evolved some sort of you know whatever he was doing with that but it involved that you know yeah so there's dad and then also i'm really interested in dreamers as well yes. like you know about fenriel and how he goes to Tevinter. Mm. like what 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 are, where is he doing what is is he gonna is he actually a slave since 
she's kind of half, but yeah. he's still human, so it might be okay, you know? I want to see he's how got, that works out. So I expect that, actually, he might be saved. He might be taken into Magisteria. He might be given, like, you know, somewhere. If he's a dreamer, I expect they would at least treat him with some due respect because of how rare they are in the South, so. Yeah, so then, of course, I want to learn about the, more about the old gods. And, you know, I really honestly hope that there is no correlation to the Elven yeah, Pantheon. please don't. Um, please no. But I know that's a lot of people have a lot of good tinfoil to that. It's do. almost not tinfoil. It but doesn't even. It seems like it would. Yes, it does seem like it doesn't exactly seem like a tinfoil. It seems too obvious to be a tinfoil. I'm sorry, it's, that sounds I pretentious. Know. Yeah, like, the Elven gods are the Twenty gods. No, like that's it's, it's what everyone thinks. Like it's not unique. Well, to because think that. because it shows so much relation, and when you actually you know go through seeing all those constellations and you know figuring yeah, yeah, out yeah, little yeah. mini mini games and stuff, they always say like silent tear refers to Dumont, or also refers to so and so, or yeah, also yeah. like all the constellations refer to like elven gods and the old, and gods. The old gods. And people were like, well, yeah, that would make sense because you know Arlathon was it fell, and then like and then you know the people who were in the Black stuff. City are obviously the elven gods, and I get it, but like. Are they different now? Yeah. Are, are were they the Elven Gods, but they're completely different? Like they they're different personalities. We could also think about like we don't even know about the Elven Gods. Like what did they must have passed on their magic? You know, did yeah. they pass on their magic to different people? Like you know, as as Mythal did as and yeah. Mythal will do. You know, or technically did to like Morgan and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Like is that what naturally they do anyway? So you can't just say like oh yeah they're connected. That's because of history and like correlations yeah. to like you know what's that guy that does the history stuff like brother jenna tv and stuff like that like, <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i mean yes it's of course it's like a theory because but then like, you could be like well i'm dressed in the file clash and then this class and the titans and the and the old gods clash and the yeah. titans and the, the maker could be you know exactly so, like, you know, so it's everything just like... in dragon age law crashes each of these things also sing a song the titans sing a song the blight sings a song dragon blood sings a song lyrium sings a song which of the titans so it's like they also correlate too but that doesn't mean they're necessary all the same thing because clearly the titans are not you know the blight well they could create it but they're not the blight or they're not dragon blood you know so they do correlate and they do you know have some oh okay so some of these things are shady in history doesn't necessarily mean though that it's the same thing i want to put it to bed the idea that Taventa gods are the other gods and if i'm wrong then you can flog me you can punch me you can do whatever but i really just do not see that happening the law behind the elven gods and the old gods it's so vast and deep that i feel that there's got to be more than just oh well by the way elganan was dumat and oh he's dead now so it doesn't matter like the evanerists in my opinion are like they're, they're still alive they're still going you know so i want to see them i really want to see all of the evanerists coming and just in dragon age four or five just being like yo we're either the antagonists or some of us are the antagonists or some of us are the goodies and you're gonna have a roster of us as goodies a roster of us as baddies and we're gonna go against like you know the arch demons or we're gonna go against solace we're gonna go against Mafal. because realistically Mafal is the antagonist here and the evanerists were just thrown away because solace and Mafal is scheming against something else so there are predator involves around it but please bioware just don't just don't do the twinter of the elven gods to me please it's, it's just too <laughs> it's just so typical and it's like uh, but anyway anyway you guys can think it if you want it but i just don't see it as a tin ball because it's what everyone else thinks if you turn on reddit and it's like oh yeah guys do you know that twinter gods could be the elven gods i'm like well done <laughs> but yeah um, wow i haven't thought that one before good it, job 
Good job. And then like how the history correlates to Arlathan, because if you bring Dorian to the Temple of Mithal, he believed that they basically ruined the elves. Oh wow. And in reality, Avalos is like, no, we ruined ourselves. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. The elves killed the elves. He's like, yeah, exactly. yeah. He was like freaking out. He's like, wait, that could change everything. He also doesn't. Also, if you take Dorian with Trespasser, he doesn't know jack crap about the Illuvians. So right, right, A right. lot of the correlation between like elves and Tevinter is like very fast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come on. Mostly because if they were into slavery, they probably don't want to say anything except, yeah, okay, yeah, I know how to use the fade. I guess I can show you it since you're forcing me to do it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. That's the only thing they learned from the elves is how to do fade magic. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And even the Qunari also know how to do fade magic, which I found really interesting. The Sarabas's hand is like fade magic. So the Qunari in itself also could be an upcoming narrative because in Trespasser, weren't they trying to stable the veil? And they had a rivalry with Solas who again, you know, so the Qunari yes, could also he's trying be... To, yeah. Well, what the Qunari did, basically, is they are against Tevinter. Yeah. Oh. And so they did things that Tevinter wouldn't do. Like, for instance, the crossroads and stuff like that. Right. Because Tevinter doesn't know much about it. Or they probably do. Like, I wouldn't be they surprised if there's do, a freaking, but... like, Alluvian in the Magisterium. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't be surprised about yeah, that. That's... But the thing is, is, like, they're like, yeah, but we don't know what they do. Like, you have to constantly get knowledge. But the Qunari were like, yeah, we're going to get that because then we can go against Tevinter. And we yeah. can, like, you know... Go guerrilla warfare them and stuff and and so i think that was mostly the problem or we were dealing in trespasser but they're also trying to strengthen the veil so that tevinter probably couldn't do much magic you know yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i would think yeah because they're all warriors that's, really they have like because they they don't like magic they don't like anything to do with magic yeah but that's why they have sarabas is locked away yeah because they don't like so magic. if they can strengthen the veil that means that less magic less will magic. be able to be used less weaker spells magic is not a threat anymore that's why the cunari should be a big power dragon as well because if solas is trying to destroy the veil and the cunari is trying I to i don't just, like the canari no nah, i don't like the cunari but still that's an opinion but yeah, but 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 we're going to vinta and vinta hate the cunari and the cunari hates vinta and it's like what if we have to decide between one or the other and if you side with okay this is this is tinfoil if you side with vinta you get dorian and you get nefarious and you get all them and if you side with the Qunari, you get Sten, and you get the uh, all of the Qunari around there. And it's like, you have to pick a side. I mean, that doesn't sound realistic, yeah. because Trespasser kind of put a bad image of Qunari in our heads, and they kind of twisted them in such a way where it's like, okay, they're probably gonna be antagonistic again in the next game. But then again, Tevint is antagonistic, so it's like, you have to choose between two morally grey armies. It's like, which one do you choose? You either get Tevint, or you either get the Qunari. And it's like, mm. One can help, you know, reinforce Force the veil or stable it, and then the other can. I don't know what Tevinter would do with the veil. Help against uh, killing swords or whatever. But um, that's a tenfold choice. Uh, would it happen? Maybe. They kind of already did the mages and the templars, so it would be a rehash of that with Tevinter of the Cunari. But uh, it's a bioary choice. You know, it's a big decision. Kind of okay. You, if if there's room in the narrative for that, then I say they might do it. But only if there's room because we've already done that in Inquisition. We've chosen between the warriors or the mages. By that I mean the templars, obviously. The not mages or the mages. So it's already been done before. So the question is, would they do it again? Maybe. And again, I don't really. I know. Maybe. Hopefully not, because I feel like the way that they're directing the Qunari, it's a different direction um, anyway. So we'll just have to see. But I do feel the Qunari should have a substantial plot in Dragon Age 4. If they're trying to reinforce the veil, you know, with Solus trying to destroy it. So heck, 
I, I, uh, I expect them to have something because right now they're kind of just there. We're going to invade one day and for now we're just going to sit here. That's how I feel the Cunaria, they're kind of stagnant at the moment. They're like, oh yeah, one day we'll take over all of Thedas. But until that day, we're just going to sit here and read our book. We're just going to chill and our... mine some lyrium with our Gatlog barrels. Exactly. Yeah, and we'll just read our book and um, we'll send a spy to the Inquisition. But until then, we'll just wait and Spies? Wait. Yeah, spies. Spies, yeah, plural, yeah. 20 spies into the, you know. I don't think that the Canari are a really nice bunch. <laughs> Not a nice bunch. At all. You don't want them over tea. <laughs> no, I don't want to invite them for tea. They're really mean to me. If we do speak about a nice bunch, who can we expect to see in the Imperium then? I mean, I only want to talk about one person. Sando! My boy! Sando! Please! Sando! But uh, if not Sandal, then Dorian of Miveris <laughs> Delaney Ovs, they're gonna be there. Sten, Canary, Fenris or Marius. <laughs> Either one. I prefer Marius. Or. <laughs> <laughs> or, yeah. Or. <laughs> because Fenris, probably more Fenris because obviously David Gader was working a book for Fenris, but he scrapped it. And Marius is a comic book character. And I really want the comic book characters to be in Dragon Age 4, but according to Nunzio de Philippus, the comic author, he was like, yeah. These comic characters were just made for these individual stories. If they're going to be in a game, Oof. that'll be cool, but yee. So we're like, okay. So we can't really count the <laughs> comic characters. Even though they're going to the winter, they're going to be there. We can't be like, oh, they're going to be in the next game because we don't really. <laughs> Not even he knows. I mean, he says he doesn't know. Does he really know? Does he? I bet he knows. But <laughs> Does he? Does he? Yeah. If he so, then Veya, Sir Aaron, Olivia Pride, Calix Quintaro. Tessa Marius. But again, who else can we expect? I mean, I don't want characters just coming for like, oh look, it's this character again. Oh look, it's this character again. You know, I want them to actually be there for a substantial reason. I don't want to just see Zevran because, oh yeah, I love Zevran. Let's have Zevran back again. Or he's just like, hi. <laughs> you know. <laughs> what are you doing here, Zevran? Oh, I'm with the Crows and I'm working on another mission. But I can help you, of course. You know, I want them to be there for a substantial reason. Like, I want Isabella to be our ship captain, so I want her to come back to serve as that role. And I want the Inquisitor to be the new playable protagonist. <laughs> or I want them to come back as an advisor. Or I want Alistair to come back to perhaps be a liaison for the Great Wardens or to deal with Sten. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I want them to come back for substantial reason. I want Ivana to somehow get resurrected so we could have her as a companion. Or I want, you know, to see these characters come back with substantial reason. So yeah, not just thrown in there to be shoehorned to be like, Oh look, Blackwall's back for no absolute reason. We have Wynn back. Just kidding. <laughs> yes! Yay! <laughs> She's resurrected from the dead. Oh look, Sten. I mean, sorry. Oh look, Shale's back. I'd draw a rock, put a smiley face in it and be like, Shale's back. Yay! Um, and uh, Valter, she should come up there somewhere. Not in the Imperium. I don't know. She could just come out of a, like, of a cave and be like, Hi. <laughs> I like Titan. No, hats. she can't come out of a cave. <laughs> Just pop a little head up like Hi. She she can't. Why? She can't even look at it. <laughs> Cause of her cast system. She can't look at oh, the surface. Oh really? Oh, She'll be castless. Sad. Yeah. 
Well, maybe we'll see her in a cave. But look down and be like, hi there. And she's like, I can't come up. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I can't help you because I can't I know. get out. Goes down in the deep roots. Technically, underneath looks like a sky. I can't see the surface. <laughs> it's like, well, okay. All right, then, love. <laughs> and what is this, then? You know. Other allies. Morrigan, because she's the inheritor of the next age. I want to see her as Flemeth, obviously. I mean, why not? Domestic goddess. But in Tvinter... Uh, Titan age. Uh, Titan age. Interventor, would she be hanging Interventor? I don't know. It's Morrigan. She hangs anywhere. She was in LA. You know, she can be anywhere. So. Yeah, probably. And then I wanted to see Sebastian because he's tied to this Red Lyrium book that was in Night Errant. And at least Sebastian is a video game character, not a comic book character. So he could follow that up. But honestly, that Red Lyrium plotline is probably going to get fixed in Dragon Age Deception. Basically, if you don't know, in Night Errant, there's a Red Lyrian book. The Magisters want it. So does Veya and Sir Aaron. Veya has it. She's headed to Devinter, and that's where she's going to meet Olivia Pride. And they're going to go hunt these Magisters together, or not, not sure. But it's basically a shady Devinter uh, set of Magisters who are after this Red Lyrian book that has loads of Red Lyrian secrets, but we actually have no idea what those secrets are because the book is a MacGuffin and it's just used to want us to have those secrets. And hopefully we'll find that secret out in Dragon Age Deception. But if not, then we should find those out in uh, Dragon Age 4. But other than that, I guess we can end on a few rapid fire ones. Could we be deciding the next Archon in Dragon Age 4? If so, who would be the candidate? Who would you choose, Saria, for a candidate to be the Archon? You know, and that's the thing in the comic where it has Radonis as the Archon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't necessarily see a candidate. Like, yeah, we don't know is. many people anyway, so, yeah, yeah. like, I can't see it, but unless Radonis dies, which is kind of sad because he's pretty noble and, like, younger than the most leaders, like, King of Navarre. But he but was a bit of a, it was a bit of a doofus to Marius and Tessa. You, you thought he was a doofus? I did, yeah. Oof. He was like, oh, you didn't, you didn't kill Calvernia? Right, bye. <laughs> I'm gonna kill you now, boy. And it's like, whoa, hang on, <laughs> hang on, man. Well, yeah, because they failed. I think a lot of, like... Tevinter's like work is like you gotta promise your word. You gotta kind do of it. Thing. You gotta yeah. do it. Fair dues. So if 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 Ragnus was assassinated for the very plot of Ragnus Four, which would be exactly the same as Inquisition, <laughs> who would you want as a candidate? Well, it should not come as a shocker, but Dorian, because like that's the only person <laughs> I would truly know that's in the Magisterium and could become. The other way another person can can become an Archon would be if they're like part of the Chantry or something like that. But right, they are some other high ranking. I think it's obvious who I want. Let's just be fair. <laughs> yeah. Calpurnia, she should come back. Retcon her in, please. Make a, I'm making a video on her, and it's gonna trigger a lot of people. Calpurnia, make her come back. Make her sexy. It's gonna trigger a lot of people. She was sexy in Dragon Mage Color, okay? She was beautified and she was sexualized, okay? You see her, got a towel wrapped around her. You can see her half naked. She's beautified for a reason. And then in, she's got the London Gap. London Gap is a traditional British fashion trend where you have a gap between your teeth because it's a sexy appeal. It's a trend, right? And they gave it to Calpurnia because they intend on her being sexy. They made her to be sexy, yet she isn't in Dragon Age Inquisition. So why isn't she? I'm doing an entire oof. video on that. So if you like that title, then oof. Prepare yourself for that video. But yeah, I want Calpurnia. I want to romance her and I want her to be the Archon of Tevinter, please. <laughs> Can I have that, please? <laughs> Honestly, yeah, Calpenia. She's a, she's an ex-slave. She'd be a perfect representation of someone who should be the icon. Um, next Maybe. info, what is Solas doing in Twitter? Any actual plot points? I have no idea. Is he looking for another orb? Is he after the dreamers? Is he looking for the elven gods? What what do you think, ex-Lavellin? Wow. Ex-Solavellin. 
the last tier drinker. I don't like honestly. The only thing I could think of for him is to gather elves for his freaking rebellion, but I don't see right. why he actually needs a rebellion. But like maybe knowledge and power, which he probably has a lot anyway, because technically knowledge, yeah. he's probably like the spirit of wisdom. The Imperium provides a lot of that, so maybe. But then again, the Arlathon Forest is in northern Thetis, so we could see some hey. activity of the Dreadwolf. Um, within that region, but regarding some tinfoil, he could probably be leading some dreamers from the Magisterium into his domain because he's kind of fond of convincing like people, like or I should say spirits of the Fade, like he did in the Crossroads with the Virdathara and stuff. But yeah, then there's that typical theory of like they all got relating to the Avenirus. But if that's true, which That'd be sad, but if it is, then we could see a lot of correlation of what the Pantheon did to lead Sola's actions yeah. of creating slash destroying the veil. So, yeah, yeah come nice, on to nice, enter nice. where yeah. you went. Exactly. I, I, I don't know what Sola's will be doing other than potentially he is looking for more magic because the Vinter's got He's magic. recruiting. Yeah, I guess. I, I like Solas and all that stuff, but I don't know what he's doing. I, I try and make videos about what he's doing, but I'm like, dude, beats me you know <laughs> honestly so he could be looking for more people to help him with his rebellion over then looking for more orbs and then could an actual elven god be hiding in the echelons of the magisterium i think it will be the perfect place i know that everyone doesn't like the fact that the narrative is just about the elves currently but if that's the direction <laughs> that dragon age 4 is going in then i mean again like the main people who are technically into like thetis like was the elves so like yeah not, a lot of original... all the other people kind of sailed over here so that yeah the elves are the og people you know that the, the entire history and of the Fetus dwarves is kind of, but yeah and the dwarves yeah so a lot of it is orientated around that so even though people are like well i don't want everyone to be an elven god i think the upper echelons of the magisterium would be a perfect place for an elven god to hide you know you're in a place surrounded by magic by very very powerful magic and if you have powerful magic you are greatly accepted into that place that culture so if there are any elven gods i feel that are in fetus a perfect place for them to be would be the magisterium and so with that liliana are there any ravens in the rookery a message Thank you so much again to our amazing, incredible fan art. Just thank you so much by Tiana, uh, Tiana Yankovic. I think that is your YouTube one that you just sent a question in. Thank you so much. I just love this fan art. It's super, super lit. And you've actually given us a question too. So we'll go to your question first before we do like two more or something like that. So your Jack Dorit's arm here who drew the fan art. Thank you very much again. I have a question. If you had any character that you would like to reappear from the previous games as a companion for the next party, who would you pick? Choose only one because I'm cruel. Maybe, maybe if any, if only the remaining villains. Uh, mm, P.S. I would choose Zevran. So I would probably choose Sten because he loves cookies. He's an amazing warrior. And I miss Sten. I miss him a lot. He's an Arishok now, so he would not be called Sten. He'd be called Arishok. I miss Sten, so I'd love to have Sten again. <laughs> Cookies, dreadlocks, and my bro. What about you, Sari Lou? I want to see Alistair again. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boy. Cheese boy. Vel Martel asked on YouTube, could both of you talk about Anthem? Your feelings about it. Thanks. So, Anthem, I am getting more optimistic about it. We've been playing more games together, you know, so I at least have someone to play it with. You know. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> before I was worried that I wouldn't have anyone to play it with, or I would play it a few times and I wouldn't. Because I want to play it with someone, you know? So the fact that I'm playing it with Saria gives me hope for it, because now I'm not going to be playing it alone. So I'm getting more excited for it, because I get to play it with a uh, little tinfoil here. But, um, <laughs> but no, I. Uh, I'm getting excited for it. I'm getting there. I don't want to make full-on news-oriented content around it. Whenever news has been coming out, I have been making videos on it, though. I have been doing rants. I've been doing videos on it. So it's not like I'm not talking about it. But, um, no, I'm I'm excited for it. I'm picking up day one. So I'll be picking it up on Xbox and PC so I can play on both. But, uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm getting excited for it. Partially hyped. Again, it's not a traditional Bioware game. But it's the type of game that I'm going to play and that I feel like I'm going to have a lot of fun playing because I love the idea of playing co-op, shooty, jetpack games uh, and with people. So, looks cool. Yay. Yeah, I don't mind Anthem. I... No, it's not going to be my type of style because I like a lot of RPG stuff, but uh, yeah. it's a Bioware game, so I'm trusting on Bioware's word that it's going to yeah. be their kind of thing, and I like their games, so if Anthem is their game, you know, might as well play it, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about it. I don't necessarily boycott it or necessarily like, yeah. oh gosh, I wish they would work with Dragon Age 4, like, don't get me wrong, that's what everybody's probably thinking, but... I think Anthem is just going to be a good way for them to get enough revenue to, like, you know, create the game exactly. that we, we want anyway. So, um, yeah. I'm going to support them. And you know what? If it turns out to be a good game, I'm going to be really proud because I'm like, you know, yeah. I wasn't like yeah. boycotting it, you know. I was exactly. like, yeah, I support Bioware for what they're doing. But I think yeah. the reason why is they're probably just trying to go out and scope out a little different uh, and just experiment. Um, they wanna, but also, yeah, they it also could be path. what EA wants them to do. So, you know, other than that, They're pleasing you know. the beast. Yeah. And if anything, Anthem will show us what direction Dragon Age 4 is going to go in in terms of live service. Well, Dragon Age yeah. 4 will learn from Anthem. What, what, sorry, Anthem will pave the way for what Dragon Age 4 is going yeah. to be like. Or it will learn from it. Also, when Anthem is revealed, that means that all the PR, all Bioware are going to then focus on their next game, which will be Dragon Age 4. So, if anything, just waiting for Anthem to come out or paving it or suffering through it or whatever you are experiencing over Anthem, at least when it's out, if EA Play come 2019, we'll be getting that Dragon Age 4 stuff. So, at least we've got that to look forward to. So, at least ex excited for it to come out, you know. One more question. We've got Bella H on uh, YouTube. Do you think the Old Gods, Elven Gods, and the Forbidden Ones are directly connected? If so, how? No. I do not think that the Elven Gods or the Old Gods or the Forbidden Ones are connected. I think the Forbidden Ones and the Elven Gods are connected because they are in the law, but I do not think the Elven Gods and the Old Gods are connected because I feel there are two different mysteries around there and that they've been mashed together in history, but I feel yeah. there are two separate individual plots there that are both intriguing and enraptured in their different ways. I feel like they link in some way, like the Blight, I feel like the Blight could have been created by the Titans and it was sent upon the Elven people and that somehow it's affected the Archdemons. But I don't necessarily feel that the Elven Gods are the Old Gods or that the Elven Gods are the Forbidden Ones or that the Old Gods are the Forbidden Ones. If I said that pretty concise then, yeah, no, I do not feel that they are connected in such a direct way. I feel like they have underlining connections but not rightly so as to be oneself. Okay, and with that, we have finished talking about Tevinta. Guys, what do you think about Tevinta? What are you feeling about Tevinta? Society, politics, we talked a lot about the deep intricacies of, you know, society, culture, 
to Vinta as a whole, you know, what it's going to be like as a setting, the atmosphere, the people, antagonists and certain plot points that we should be our hopes for Vinta, what we expect to see or what we can at least somewhat speculate in tinfoil from what's been revealed, you know, from Inquisition and the lore and all of that stuff. So tell us down below what you're thinking about Tavinta, how you expect to see it, what you want from Tavinta, your hopes and expectations for everything concerning Tavinta Imperium as a setting and location, or even just Northern Fadus, because of course we're potentially going to more than just Tavinta in Dragon Age 4. But if anything, we're all getting ready for going to Tavinta. I'm super excited to see what it's going to be like. It's going to be completely different. So I'm all on board for that next journey when Dragon Age 4 hits us. Of course, we need more information. We need more, you know, substantial stuff on it. But until then, you guys are already in the right place for all that tinfoiling and what we can speculate for Dragon Age 4 or what it's going to be like or just surrounded... Oh, well, my tinfoil had just stopped. Or just surrounded <laughs> stuff around Dragon Age, like the law and the comics. But anyway... Thank you so much, Saria, for again joining me as my lovely, incredible host once more for this TFTP talking about Tevinter. And thank you all for watching and listening on Anchor or on YouTube. Greatly yeah. appreciate that. But until the next TFTP, we've got another one planned. It's going to come out October 31st. You'll see why. I'm not going to ruin a surprise right now. But that'll be coming out just in a couple of weeks on Halloween. So expect a creepy, intriguing TFTP. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so much, Sari, for joining me. And until the next one, we, we should, should go. go.